I try to fly. The sky's so high, I don't know why I try. Sometimes I think I live a lie.
Hey, it's Eric Oldman, and my guest for tonight is Al Rose. Al is a Chicago-based singer, songwriter, and a musician with a unique, powerful vision, which has helped drive his work, originally as a co-leader of Buffalo Trout back in the day, to his many years spent as a solo performer and also leading his current band, featuring a roster of top-shelf musicians from around the city, the Transcendos. Al's latest release, an eighth album, Again, The Beginner is a set of 13 good and true songs, which features some of his best work musically with, combined with very nervy and scathing lyrics. It's a heartening, embracing experience to listen to Al's work. It's one man's attempt to come to terms with modern times and that broken feeling that many folks are feeling today in the pit of their stomach. The stakes honestly couldn't be higher. This is your life. Our time is running short, and every personal crisis seems tied to an accumulating sense of public dread. After all, a lot has happened since Al has dropped his last album in 2016. There's been this resurgence of authoritarian encroachment, uh, the onset of COVID-19 with our pandemic, and an unstinting tax on our democracy at home and abroad. We're going to spend this episode learning more about Al, his latest album, uh, his history, learn more about uh, what he's been up to with the Transcendos, and how he's been coping with the pandemic. Um, the first thing we heard was Don't Know Why, the lead-off track off of Al's album, Again, the Beginner. We're going to feature some more tunes uh, throughout the episode tonight, but uh, let's uh, get to know Al. All right, so uh, Al, great to meet you. Um, as we've kind of been talking to is kind of a serendipitous thing. Uh, your involvement with Kopi Cafe um, in um, Anderson. Oh, I'm, in, I'm involved. Oh, you're involved just a little bit, right? Um, right. It's one of those funny things where one of, the, one of the things one of the things I love about doing this is like I get to meet new people almost every week, and you know the the irony and the serendipity here is like I've definitely had business transactions with you as a customer for Kopi for many years. And my family, we, we enjoy the place. And then, you know, um, putting that together as I've been talking, looking at kind of your background with the music side of things and Al Rose, the singer songwriter, it's just kind of a cool, a cool duality all kind of unfolding with that. So uh, pleasure to meet you. And um, I really enjoyed uh, your music uh, that I've heard off of the, the latest release, again, The Beginner, which came out in July. Um, and I'm realizing the, the other piece of this too, which is kind of cool, is that this is your eighth album that you put out. Um, I don't typically have guests that have put that many releases out. So, <laughs> what are you I, saying? That I'm one of the older guys you talk to? <laughs> I, I'm just saying that that's impressive. Like, uh, you know, in the, in the life cycle of, a, uh, say, an indie rock band or a punk band in Chicago, to make it to a point where you have like eight releases under your belt. That's that's like a that's like you know if you look at it like martial arts like that's like whatever degree black belt that is. All right, I got belts. I got belts. You got belts, man. Because um, it's a really impressive to be able to to keep putting stuff out there, and you know your hearts into it, your souls into that. Obviously, blood, sweat, and tears go into that as well. Um, you, you know, um, and just kind of talking about this album, so. This is coming off of all the crazy shit that we've had to deal with with the last few years, and it kind of resonates. But like, kind of, what was what was your impetus for putting the album together? In, in your words, well, some of it, uh, you know, to keep writing songs and putting the stuff out. There's a certain amount of momentum, but without the fire inside, without that motivation, without the inspiration, you know. 
uh, it's not going to happen. That's why you were saying a lot of bands or a lot of people stop after a certain point. They say what they got to say, and maybe they right. don't feel like they have anything to say, or maybe they're it's difficult or they're bored or they need to move on to another uh, artistic voice or something like that. But the way I do it is I put a record out and I've got all the songs behind me. And then I think, is that it? I don't know. I, I'm doing my gigs. And next thing I know, I'm getting some ideas. I'm writing some songs. You get a bunch of songs together and you start feeling, hey, maybe it's time to to get into the studio. I have a band. I have a great band here in Chicago. And it's a different process. The writing of the songs and then the performing, whether it's right. solo or doing it with a band. Right. And so I love every aspect of that. And then another uh, voice in the process is making records. All right. So we got that going. So I'm making records. You get to a certain point. And uh, here it was probably mid or late 2019. I had a batch of songs with the feeling that I've just gone through. And I thought, I guess it's time to start making a record. I don't know why I'm doing it. I'm, I'm putting records out. They're out in the world. I don't know what's, what they're doing anymore. Uh, but it's I want to get these songs at least um, documented in a certain way so that at the end of this all, when I'm done with whatever I'm done with, I could look back and say, hey, I've built a body of work and that will become landfill somewhere or ear fill you know, or whatever. And I had this batch of songs. I started teaching them to the band. We started playing them out a little bit, some of the new tunes. Talked to the guy that I work with in the studio, a guy named Blaze Barton at his mm -hmm. studio, Joyride, Joyride yep. Studio. Uh, we knocked a couple of ideas around of how we like to work because he's worked on, with me on all eight of my records. And okay. then we thought, let's get into the studio spring 2020. And then we get to... March, everything shuts down. Right. All right. Everything's put on ice. No big deal. <laughs> you know, uh, we're all we're all in, you know, in the deal. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, uh, I started writing new songs, different songs that were addressing or at least coming out of where I was during 2020, the spring, the summer, uh, some of the rage, some of the politics, some of the stuff uh, you you mentioned uh, the shit earlier, which I yeah. guess I could say, uh, I don't know how far I could push it. I guess we're on a podcast, but there was a, quite a bit of clusterfuckery cluster floating around. Absolutely. And uh, so I had this new batch and I thought, well, I want these songs to be recorded now. And what you mentioned, Kopi Cafe, which I was running, I am running with my wife, but we were okay. closing considerably earlier than we yeah. used to. Right. And so I, I scheduled a series of uh, distanced rehearsals with my band where we would close at, say, seven o'clock. The okay. band would come in at 730 and Lance, the drummer, would be over by the, the coffee grinder. Right. Uh, Hashimoto, the Steve Hashimoto, the bass player, would be by table seven. Okay. Steve Doyle, the wonderful guitar player, would be over by table 12. And I'd be over uh, right near the kitchen and we all had our masks and we had the fans going and I would teach them these new songs. And we had just enough time to get them to where we can make it through the song. And we had an idea of what we were going to do. And then I booked the, uh, the sessions probably in the, I don't know, must maybe fall of 2020 or something like that, or may early 2021. And that's what, what we, the work on the work began. 
So I, I get the impression then, I mean, it, for you, it's kind of like the cyclical sort of. Flow. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like you always have songs that are brewing and you just kind of keep turning. I over. Hope. Right. But for you, it's more of a, like, you, you don't really necessarily have to wait for the muse to come to you. Like things are, are, are pretty much there or you, you, you get a batch in, but you have really a, a good kind of workflow in place for all this stuff. And even with the pandemic, it didn't really slow you down or you didn't have to go away or go on hiatus or anything. <laughs> like you were able to just even, even adapt like your business space and turn it into an impromptu rehearsal space um, mm. without any trepidation. It sounds like it. And that, that's my hat's off to you for that. That that's fantastic. Everybody was, all well, it, it, it was exciting in, yeah. in, in that one sense, but, it's also it's intuitive and it's it's no big deal. This is what I do. Right, right. The band that I have. They're this not going to stop we do. doing it. Right. Yeah. We have no choice. This right. is what's laid before us. So we we right. it's it's just called uh Eric, it's called doing the work. We yeah. we just did what we need to do. Right. Okay. And um and and with that, so getting into the studio um did that present any challenges with covid and all that too did you have to wait or were you able to kind of work around that as well and just kind of keep things rolling to get everything together for the album with that or well there... i believe that when we started uh recording into the basic tracks anyway yeah uh the the first vaccine had hit we started oh, working okay so this was but even during the and, when yeah. we recorded the uh Honestly, when when I do the stuff in the studio with the band, we do everything with the rhythm set. We we record live in the studio to get the rhythm to get the the rhythm tracks down. Right in two in two days, you know, we knocked out whatever there is, uh, thirteen songs. Some of them are acoustic based, but I think with the full band, we knocked out maybe nine nine of the songs in two days. They were the guys were in one live room and they were all wearing masks and kind of spread out a little bit. But I was in an isolated booth so I could sing. So I was able to do that once the basic tracks were done. And, and then we were, I was working on overdubs and doing that kind of stuff. It, it wasn't that challenging to, to work okay. in the studio. It was fine. So again, just doing the work that, that's yeah, yeah. commendable. Cool. Smoking guns are everywhere and the doors are open wide. Every time I turn around, the ghost is picking sides. And it seems that every string of lies is now a string of Rising tide, this ship of fools is circling the swirl. 
an option in this world You seem like such a shining star Bursting out with pride You can get away with anything If luck is on your side But luck will leave you in a ditch For another lucky girl Sing on the burning bush, the wind Don't make a sound Help me up, don't shoot me down With steady hand, a jeweler turns a germ into a gem Repeats the lie that starts to turn the root into a stem Around the truth and chokes it with a twirl Shooting straight no longer is an option in this world Are pissing on the burning bush The wind don't make a sound Help me up Don't shoot me down I'm just curious because there's there's some names in your, your ensemble that they're kind of stalwarts of different scenes here in Chicago. They've been around for a bit. It's the same kind of relationship you have with Blaze Barton too. You've been working with these guys for a long time, and you all just sort of know and trust each other. These are like how did how did you put your your band together? And I guess maybe this might be going back a, a bit or whatever. But I'm just curious, like to have that kind of working dynamic to be able to fully trust everybody and like just kind of. How, how did all this, that kind of come together for you? Well, trust, it's, it's, uh, trust is built that, you know, that's, you don't work at that. Mm-hmm. It either happens or it doesn't. And, uh, I'm lucky with the guys that I work with is that we like to hang. We like to being around each other. We like working right. together. Uh, but it does go back. Like you said, a pretty long time. I put this particular project, which was <laughs> me putting records out and writing songs, uh, probably in the late 80s, okay. uh, around 88, 89. Okay. And uh, I had been going, I don't know if, if you've been around Chicago that for that long, but there was a club during the 80s, a jazz club in Bucktown or Wicker Park called the Get Me High Lounge. Okay. Legendary place. Before we're not going to go into too many right. details about it. Yep. There might be some Googling in there for people who are listening to this. Yeah. But uh, Steve Hashimoto, who's mm-hmm. uh, in the jazz scene, mm-hmm. was a stalwart in the Chicago jazz scene. Mm-hmm. And I would go with my friends to the get me high lounge, which was just the coolest 
dark, down and dirty jazz club you could imagine in your in your you know literary mind right. dreams. And when I was putting the, the the band together, my thought was, hey, wouldn't it be cool to get a bass player like Steve Hashimoto in my band? Okay. Never assuming that he would be the one. What I assumed would be that he, like many of the musicians who were keeping their, their shit together financially, taught lessons, knew other people, mm-hmm. but he was too big of a rock right. star in the jazz scene not that right. assuming there are rock stars in the jazz scene right. playing bass to want to play with a, a singer songwriter folk rock a boom boom guy and so i approached him introduced myself at the get me high lounge and said hey i'm doing this thing i've been playing with this other band and now i'm putting my own band together hey do you have any bass players you could recommend and he was kind of taken aback i don't know how he remembers the story but okay. his re- response was well, it sounds cool. I, I'd like to check it out myself. And that blew my mind. So he came over. It worked. We played over the years. We had some you know, different guitar players, different uh, drummers. Uh, we probably did our live debut around 1990 or so. Went this is when you were doing like the Transcendos type? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That was the band. Okay. That was the band with Transcendos. Okay. We had um, other a longtime great drummer who's still a friend of mine, uh, Heath Chapel, who okay. plays on one of the tracks on the new record. Okay. He was with us for the first three albums. But then uh, I met Steve Doyle. I was looking for an, uh, another uh, guitar player, electric guitar player in the band uh, through Hosh or somebody else. They, I think Hashimoto recommended Steve Doyle. This was probably around 2000, 2001. So now he's playing with me okay. for over 20 years. Uh, at some point around... 2008 or something like that i was looking for a new drummer and uh steve doyle plays in a a country band a traditional country band in chicago called the hoyle brothers okay and the guy who plays drums in that band lance helgeson he's you know i said hey do you think lance would be into checking us out he said oh for sure and lance fits in fantastic and he's the new guy and that's now about 14 (laughs) years (laughs) and that's that's how and kids (laughs) that's how you put a band together (laughs) yeah no that that's really really admirable um just to have that i said the words longevity but being able to really keep that going and then just have those relationships that carry through with that too um i'm just assuming there's there's a certain level of uh psychic ability you have now with working with those guys too. oh yeah telepathy where you don't have to sit down and explain things or, or break things out or even no no really even get nuts with like writing stuff out on a chart or whatever it's just like i'm gonna do this remember this or you know or like they they, they can read what you're doing you can read them and there's that there's a lot of, of um like there's a, body yeah. body language going on yeah, yeah a raised eyebrow a turn a look a nod yeah and then sometimes like play one hush or, you know, something like that. but yeah the communication the uh intuitive uh, communication is is firing on most cylinders all nights or all cylinders most nights the sign on the doorpost says come back again
different styles you know that you're doing or applying for each song there's just the different elements to that is that something that 
you had kind of preconceived when you went into the studio or did you work on that with your producer to kind of figure out, oh, hey, maybe I want a string section here or this needs like a hard rock driving guitar. I'm just kind of curious, like sort of the production treatments of each of the, the tunes, like how, how did that work out? That stuff happens organically for the most part in the sense that I look at, I, it sounds cliche, but I'm serving the song. I look at the song, how does that feel to play everything's going to start out when it when i'm writing it as you know a solo thing i'm writing it on, on the acoustic guitar but i after i write the song i start to hear it in my head more fully formed uh, some of the songs i just feel are served best by keeping it stripped down and more acoustic okay some of the songs i think this one feels like it we should make a little more noise on it Right. And so, yeah, it's it's a song by song choice. I'm not looking, thinking, oh, I want to have four rockers, a couple of, you know, full band things and uh, a couple of stripped down things. I, I okay. just see how it, it emerges organically. Okay. So as you're in the studio, you kind of hear the things kind of coming together. Then. Yeah. Well, it starts before the studio. It starts when I'm, you know, okay. teaching the band the song and I, st- I see how they're reacting to it. Uh, sometimes, uh, well, I, I like when the guys come up, obviously come up with their own parts. What I would describe my role when we're putting, arranging the tunes is sometimes I'll arrange a sail to catch a breeze to go in a certain direction. Okay. But as we go into a certain direction, that's how the band responds. And as far as things like deciding what songs strings go on, that will, that part sometimes happens during the recording once we have the basic tracks down right. i start to obsess over every moment of every song and thinking what does this need uh and what can i do to not do the obvious thing on this song if that means bringing in strings on a certain type of song that maybe doesn't normally have strings uh, there's been tunes on previous albums where i it needed some kind of percussive thing but i didn't want to just add drums so i brought in a tap dancer where we'd like to tap dancer <laughs> And he recorded on one of the tracks. And lo and behold, all right, that's what served that song best. Okay. Um, is there to you to you, is there like your particular style with something like or um, you know, in terms of a particular aesthetic that, that really comes out from your perspective, like the Al Rose way of this this coming out? Have you ever thought about that, or is it just more of like you're just kind of in the moment with the writing and the performance of it. And it, it's, it's not so much like a, there's like a predefined aesthetic. It's just, this is just kind of like who I am and it happens organically. At, at some point, I just want to make a cool record. Okay. I just want to, I just want to, uh, to make something that is fun to listen to okay. that makes me excited, which will maybe make, the band excited which will maybe make my friends excited and then people like you sure. and people who listen to you and read what you do yeah uh, i want to make them excited i just want to make a cool record yeah and that that itself is um an art form like the idea of the record you know um but we're, we're in a, a place now with like technology and all that where and i also think just as a reaction to the pandemic stuff too where everybody's like kind of focused on these singles like you know it's like oh, i'm gonna put a single out here put a single out there and it's refreshing to hear like oh i'm making records like um there is a 
a school of thought, complete school of thought around that. I, I grew up with it, you know. Um, you know, the, the idea of like sitting down and listening to a record was something you did maybe did on a Sunday afternoon or, you know, you got home from something and you just wanted to chill out and, and you know, open up the, the vinyl or whatever it is um, and listen to the whole pieces of whole piece of art. So absolutely. Right. And that's really cool. Yeah, that, that's how yeah. that's how I was brought up listening to music is listening to records yeah, and right. i'm not uh a, i mean a, a snob for vinyl i mean i, I love yeah, yeah. vinyl i meant, meant went went many years without listening to it and now i have it's my turntable again. working again yeah. but cds albums that that whole right. body of work where the arc of an album yeah there's an opening song there's the second cut it's like a, a baseball lineup you know yep. who do you got what's the third what's what song is batting cleanup but then you want to have it all the way down. There's, I'm sure there's articles, there's papers, there's discussions of yeah. the the best album closer. You know, you want to listen to an album all the way through and you want to finish that album with that and get that emotion of the album closer and the silence that follows that. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm what thinking of when I'm not just recording the album, but sequencing. Where do you and, leave the people? Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's cool. But we live in a different world yeah. where there are a lot of people and it's not, it could be a generational thing. I don't know, but there, yeah. uh, I mean, there's young people, younger people who listen to albums and think in bigger pictures, but a lot of music is just listened to one song at a time mm-hmm. on a playlist or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with a playlist that's called being a DJ and that's stringing together different songs by different artists, which also, build that arc of emotion that an album does um but my way of of being i'm a music fan first and my way of writing and recording uh is informed by my uh uh the words stopped coming out of my mouth Uh, is informed by the way that i listen to music the way i want music my music listened to is the way that i love listening to other people's music Remember fairly we 
with clusterfuck precision You cut another maze And then you locked it up And threw away the keys oh. Your fiction proved you right But the truth is much too bright Like a ribbon that has faded in the sun So you tried to take a turn And the friction made you burn And now you're flaming like a jump star on the run Stand tall enough, tall enough to reach them We'll remember every lesson But not enough to teach them So remember every touch And remember every smell And remember every shape And remember fare thee well So what is next for your, your sort of your musical world? Like, what are, are you are back out playing again? Do you have any, you know, what kind of what's going on, like within, you know, the next few months, I guess, or year or whatnot for El Rose? Well, in the, in the, the short term future, it's just, uh, I'm, you know, I'm doing my gigs. I'm trying to do some writing, which again, is involved just the matter of getting the work done. It's right. a, a solid, I, I'm not a, a huge co-writer at all. Okay. I write my songs mostly by myself. I have, I've collaborated for sure, but working on the writing thing, playing guitar, but doing the, during the shows, I'm not doing, uh, there's no tours on the books right now. Okay. Uh, for a few reasons right now, I, I do need to, I'm, I'm running, you know, the cafe here. So I need mm -hmm. to keep a foot in that. Right. Uh, I have toured and traveled and I love touring and traveling. So maybe at some point moving forward, that will come because I miss it. Uh, but doing the shows, we have a residency, right? If you're living in Lincoln Square, you must know about Montrose. the mantras. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were doing it last uh, last year. So we stopped during the summer uh, for various conflicts. But we just resumed okay. this month in September doing the second Monday of the month. Every second Sunday of the month at Montrose. It's great fun. You should come out. Mm -hmm. Your listeners and followers should come out. Absolutely. Uh, if I might... Uh, say the title of the gig in the full French, the original French, it's the second damn Sunday of the fucking month. And that's what we're billing it as. And that's what we do uh, more often than not, whenever we can, the full band, that core, the quartet will be there. 
if somebody can't make it for whatever reason, we adjust and we do it uh, dynamically, however it fits. And that's great. And I do other shows as well uh, that are always posted on my website. People could follow me on Facebook. I always uh, send out word where I'm doing stuff. Okay. Okay, that's fantastic then. And then people can pick up the album on your Bandcamp, lrose.bandcamp.com if they want to check that out. And you have also um, physical copies, CDs people can pick up as well. For oh, yeah, hell yeah. yeah I've got okay. physical. Now, I'm, I, I didn't, you know, over order, you know, but we got we got initial run. They're beautiful. They have a nice lyric book. Cool. Uh, I, I have them at gig, so come to the gig. But Kopi, I, I have them all at Kopi. So if someone dares want to come by and have a beverage or a food and meet me in person i'd love to say hello and uh, i have cds for there all all of them all right cool well i i think we're good um it was a pleasure chatting with you learning about your um you know what you've been up to with with your new album again the beginner and i wish you all the best of luck with everything and uh, we'll we'll see you soon at montrose thank you eric thank you for taking the time to talk to me and i look forward to meet you soon all right al you have a good night all right you too bye see you bye If you like what you heard uh visit lrose.bandcamp.com uh for uh again the beginner uh be able to pick up uh digital downloads from there and along with uh, uh the other mediums and um if you want to see him in person he will be at montrose saloon this sunday montrose saloon is at 2933 west montrose avenue uh just a block past california um he's going to be with rd roth and leisure mccorpel Corkle uh, for the second damn Sunday of the fucking month. Um, so check that out. Uh, it's 21 and over show, $5 tip bucket. Uh, Montrose is a great little room. It's a fun place to go see music for sure. And um, we're going to ride out with one last tune. This is the closing track off of Al's latest album. Again, the beginner. This one is called Dignity and Grace. Uh, have a good night and uh, be kind to each other. Cheers. Everything in every room and every drink 
drip in every glass Come join me at the table Before this friendship ends The truth will stretch like thunderclouds But only till it bends Let's try to make it through this meal While we try to save some face Let's sit together knee to knee Singing dignity and grace When dignity and grace ring out That's where the light shines in That's when the window opens And it's where the darkness ends the shadow lifts the veil It's gone without a trace We'll sit together knee to knee Singing dignity and grace When dignity and grace ring out That's where the light shines in that's when the window opens And it's where the darkness ends And when the shadow lifts the veil It's gone without a trace We'll sit together knee to knee Singing dignity and grace